Nice to be with you all. So, so good to praise the Lord together, isn't it? Just great. And uh, we don't often do this, but I think it would be good to just say thank you to our musicians this morning. Should we do that? Thanks, guys. Brilliant. They serve us so well and just help, help us, don't they, in terms of just stilling ourselves and focusing on the Lord. So... We're in a series called Good to Grow, and we're essentially looking at um, the worries of this life, the things that can weigh us down and keep us from growing spiritually. Okay, that's what we're looking at. So things that can weigh us down and uh, keep us from growing spiritually. We've looked at various things over the last few weeks. Today's sermon is called Too Much to Do, Too Little Time. Thanks for the response, guys. It was great. <laughs> <clears throat> really, really feeling the uh, synergy here, and um, <laughs> agreed. It was a. Sto- I wouldn't have known what response to do either, so it's fair enough. But um, too much to do, too little time. Now, just to say it's deliberately linked with our hot topics on Sabbath, so it's very much a package, and we will be getting in much more depth. Hot topics. We have two hours. We have four half an hour slots with a quick leg stretch in between, um, but we really dig in, and, and we'll be building a, a very, hopefully a very thorough kind of theological framework. Uh, plus, I'm going to share in depth, um, just autobiographically or t- in a testimony of, of what God has taught me in these last three months in terms of rhythm and rest, which has been absolutely, genuinely, genuinely life-changing. Okay, genuinely. It's not a dramatization or hyperbole or exaggeration. Genuinely life-changing. So please do get to that. Um, but... We're going to, we're going to, today's is going to be a very short sermon because the, 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 the title is too much to do, too little time. The sermon is not true. <laughs> it ain't true. Okay. It's not. It's, it's, it's a fabrication. It's a lie. It's a nonsense. There is not too much to do in too little time. It's a rumor. It's a myth. It's a legend. It's a trap. It's a mentality. It's a problem. But it's not true. Sermon done. Thanks, Dave. Sermon done. <laughs> so there, there are certain moments in life, emergency moments, where you could legitimately say too much to do too little time. Yeah, of course. Of course. And there's certain situations whereby, because of the maybe oppression of others or, or, or whatever, you know, you could legitimately. But as a, as a statement, it's just woefully untrue. And yet so often, that's what life feels like. So we're going to look at it. We're going to get into it. And we're going to do so by looking at a very famous story in the Bible. Um, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. So... Uh, We'll read it together. It's good for us sometimes if we read it together out loud, it goes in easier. It's kind of a one way of, um, of, of hearing better by, by speaking it out. So let's read it's a short story. Luke chapter 10, verse 38, down to the end of the chapter, verse 42. Let's read together, shall we? Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, 
And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. It's the word of God. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, it's alive, inspired by your spirit. And uh, thank you that you're... By your word, you want to go to work in our hearts and minds and lives. You want to change us. And we just want to say yes to that today. We want to have open hearts. We really want to learn about this because it's a big deal. So please lead us through, we pray, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, what a story, huh? We're all probably, if you've been a Christian a while, you probably will be familiar with it, um, and uh, so I'm just going to work us, just, just talk us through it really, and say some things, and trust the Lord is going to use that, and then like I say, create a proper framework around it all this afternoon, our hot topics, and um, hopefully so you can see the bigger picture in it all. But here we go, so, so they're on their way, where they're going, Jesus enters a village, he's got some friends, it's M- Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, there's two sisters and a brother, you, you come across them in other stories, um, Mary, um, Breaking perfume and, uh, and, and wiping, uh, anointing Jesus' feet with it. St. Mary, we're told. Um, Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. John 11. These stories you may be familiar with if you are a believer. If you're not yet a believer, these are very well-known stories that Christians treasure and hold dear. They're all about this same family. It's an interesting situation. Lazarus, Martha and Mary, they're not one of the 12 disciples in that sense. But they are called Jesus' friends. they're just people that he's got to know that he loves them and they love him and they spend time together they're friends friends of Jesus and so as he's passing through Bethany which is just a short distance from Jerusalem he pops in for a meal simple as that and obviously he's also teaching and doing what he does and so does Martha she welcomes him she's got a sister called Mary and Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching but Martha was distracted with much serving. And that word distracted is a very interesting word. If you look up the, the word in the original language, the Greek, it means that you're being pushed and pulled around. It's a really vivid word. So because of all the serving she has to do, she's being pushed and pulled around, right? So you're, you're Martha in the kitchen, right? Doing the stuff. Right? And then you, every now and then you walk past the doorway and you see Mary. Your sister. All peaceful. <sighs> Did it make you angry? All peaceful. And you, and you go pull her and you pull something, you go past again, you say, all oh, looking all spiritual. <laughs> How dare she? And the anger and the resentment builds. You can see it happening. She's being pushed and pulled around by the demands and the pressure. She's got to get the naan breads on or the Jewish equivalent, sorry, Ubi, whatever the equivalent is, and you know, all of that, you know. There we go. So you're getting pushed and pulled around. Ah! And then it's, it's not just the food that boils over, but Martha boils over. She says, enough of this, enough of this. And then she does something which is ill-advised. She takes Jesus to task. <laughs> just don't do it, just don't do it, okay? Jesus is happy with the situation, just don't, it's fine, you know? But no, so she says, and she says these things. She says, she's being pushed and pulled around. Any of you feel pushed and pulled around? Yeah. 
You can get pushed and pulled around by external forces, but you can get equally pushed and pulled around by internal forces. We were going to my, um, I've got a one-year-old nephew went to his birthday yesterday, a birthday party down in Tunbridge Wells, and I hate being late. Davina doesn't mind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I hate being late. I mean, it's, I mean, it's all right with it. And uh, so we set off a bit late. <laughs> and I'm battling. I'm battling. So, but I'm, I'm trying to, you know, you try and self-reflect. Why am I fighting? Why am I battling? Self-reflecting. And what it is, is fear of man. It's what, will, will my brother, my nephew's dad, will my brother feel in some way let down if we walk in late? That's what's going on. And if he does, can I handle that? So it's pressing my buttons, overdeveloped sense of responsibility. Everyone must think I'm great and perfect. Pressing all my buttons. And... Uh, I remember having to just do a bit of work in the Lord spiritually as I'm driving down there. Just deal with myself because I'm being pushed and pulled around. You see? And sometimes we, sometimes it's situations that feel beyond our control and, and, and you think, ah, and you're just getting pushed and pulled. So, so she's watching Jesus and Mary and getting really wound up. How can you be, how can you be spending time in the Word when there's all this that needs doing? How can you be not rushing even in your spending time in the Word when there's all this that needs doing? And we must, I mean, I don't know if, I have some sympathy for Martha. Jesus has come for dinner. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not just like the disciples, that would be scary enough. It's like Jesus has come for dinner. So you can tell your Martha's going, oh, mate, I want to burn it. <laughs> Do you, know, you see what I'm saying? So you, if, you're, if you're at all that way inclined in terms of cooking and hospitality, then you'll, be, you'll probably be feeling, yeah, Martha's probably about right in this story. Anyone ever read that and thought, hold on a minute, Jesus, I know you're right. Is it possible every now and then you get it wrong? And actually, Martha's on the money. And Mary's just, I don't know what, but she's something needs sort in. You know, who never thought that? So Martha goes, she's Jesus, right? But you've got to get, this is a really profound story because she says, Lord, don't you care? This is it, right? Don't you care? Don't you care that my sister's left me to serve alone? Doesn't wait for an answer. <laughs> Tell her then to help me. So she's not only so she's asking, she's questioning Jesus' compassion, and she's giving Jesus a command. It's not going to go well, right? So, but she's doing. She's going. Don't you care? Because this is the thing: when you get when you get caught up in that whirlwind of stress, sometimes you can feel like, where's Jesus in this? Don't you care? Don't you care? When actually it's Jesus looking on going, I'm just, not, I'm just not prepared to partner with you in that. I'm not, I'm not going to, I will not own that with you. Care. But I'm not going to get in on that stress thing with you. I'm not doing it. So, don't you care? Tell her to help me. Here we go. The words of the Lord. There's a wonderful insight on Martha. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. So he can see that she's in a bad way. 
Anxious, the word means your, your, your thoughts are full. It's the bread, it's the sauce, it's this, it's that. You're full of it. You're full of the whole thing. Is it going to be right? Will the atmosphere be right? Will Jesus be And then troubled is that word. If you look it up, it's the word where we get disturbed and turbulation. T-U-R-B. Turbulation and disturbance. Where we get that from? She's all churned up. She's not in a good place at all. Okay? So Jesus has come and she's wanting to put on a good thing for Jesus. But she's all churned up. She's not in a good place. She's stressed out. So you'd look and you go, wow, isn't Martha amazing? Look, she's serving the Lord. But she's totally stressed out. There's no joy in it. There's no peace in it. There's no order in it. There's no lightness in it. There's no fun in it. There's no life in it. It's just stress. So you say, look, your mind, you're full of, your mind is full of things that's disturbing you. It's just full of this, that, and the other. And they're not evil things, but look at what it's doing to you. And then it's the killer blow. This is, the, this, is, this is why I said at the start, not true, because of what Jesus says here. One thing is necessary. Oh. Can you hear that? One thing is necessary. There it is. That's Jesus putting the arrow back and going, we're going for bullseye now. One thing. But Lord... Don't do a nice dinner. Jesus would have said, you know, a couple of fish and bread, we're sorted. More than enough to go around. It's not wrong, but, it, but the mind, the heart has become so full with these things that there's disturbance, there's, tur- there's turbulence, all turned up. Jesus says one thing is necessary. And here's the thing. And I know we all know the right answer, so I'm not looking for the right answer. I'm asking you a rhetorical question for you to reflect upon. Do you believe this? So I'm driving to my nephew's party. Do I believe it? Not deeply enough, clearly. Clearly not deeply enough. Because what, what is the one thing? The one thing really is knowing the pleasure of the Lord. Just, just having that having that center, that interaction that is very, very meaningful in the Lord, out of which flows everything else. And, it, you know, it's a crazy one, isn't it? Because it's that thing that we're almost, you're, you're, you're fighting for, you're um, growing into the whole of your life as a believer. It's not something that you, that you crack overnight. But I will say this, it is something that you are either growing in or not. That's the point. The point isn't perfection, but the point is this. Are you growing in, in this fellowship with the Lord, enjoying him and his words and being able to be still before him? Are you growing in that or, or is it more just, it's just actually, do you know what? I'm not, I just thought I'm not growing in that at all. There's just turbulence and my mind's full of stuff and I'm feeling squeezed and squashed and I always think the next season's going to be better and different and it's not, it's the same and is it more like that? What is it? Or is it just this kind of, something you know, it's probably not as extreme as that, but it's, I just, I'm, you know, I'm not getting anywhere. Jesus says one thing is necessary. One thing. This is huge because if you're here and you're not a Christian, then even the very one thing that is necessary is something you don't even know yet. That's an extraordinary thought. That's an extraordinary thought because Jesus says one thing. What is that one thing? Well, it's, the, it's, the, it's what Mary was doing. She was enjoying fellowship with the Lord. There was a relationship there of, of, of centered stillness. That's the that's thing, isn't it? 
a relationship with Jesus that is marked by centered stillness. Not mania, not simply activity as good as it might be, or serving. That's not what it's centered on. It's centered on, it's, it's, it's focused on a centered stillness with the Lord. You see, Mary in that moment wasn't suffering from what I was suffering from yesterday on the way to my nephew's party. She wasn't suffering from what's Martha thinking. I'm sure she would have known. I'm sure she would have felt the atmosphere. When someone is as flustered as that, it tends to affect the entire atmosphere, doesn't it? She would have seen Mary's body language walking past the doorway. (laughs) She would have known. She stays there. It's like those people who after the prayer meeting don't help put away the chairs because they're still praying. (laughs) What's the matter with them? (laughs) Why are they still doing that? We've done that. We're putting the chairs away now. (laughs) Done the praying. Now it's chairs. Come on, guys. If there was a, b- a verb called marthering, I'd probably spend quite a lot of time doing it. Just marthering, guys. Back, back in a minute. Just getting stressed. <laughs> this, this activity that just leads to, to turbulence. You see, Martha's lost simplicity. Martha's, Martha's lost how to apply priorities. I tell you, it's massive. The amount of people that you pastor on stuff and, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of things that's going wrong in their life, when you get to the, to the nub of it, they're just the things that they know they should be doing, the one thing necessary, they're not doing it. And I don't say that in a judgmental, kind of stern way. We're all in the same bodies. We all, we all face the same pressures. We know, I know. But that's so often what the reality of it is. Those things that we know make for peace and make for stillness and make for life, we neglect And at the root of it all, there's this thing called unbelief. If you really want to get down to the root of it, it's unbelief. Jesus is one thing necessary, and we we say, yes, Lord. But really, we say, you don't understand, Lord. You understand what I'm saying? We say, yes, Lord, because we know the right Christian answer. But then when our life and our our priorities and the application, we say, no, you don't understand, Lord. I'm sure it's true for that situation. Life was simpler back then. It's classic, isn't it? Life was simpler back then. That's such a classic. For then, it wasn't. It's all they'd ever known. If you read history, you can read back to ancient history and hear them saying things like, life has never been as fast as it is today. (laughs) It's exactly the same as what we say, because it's all they'd ever known. And they look back into the past like us and went, oh, it was different then. It's nonsense. It's utter nonsense. It really is fables. It's myths. No generation has been able to just kind of crack it. Everyone feels the same thing. So here's where we get to, and this is the thing. Jesus says to Martha, Mary has chosen the good portion. Say chosen. Chosen. See, Christians don't like making decisions. They want God to do it all for them. It doesn't feel very spiritual to make decisions. You know, I'll get up to pray if the Lord wakes me. If the Lord wakes me, here we go, here we go. I know how this goes. If the Lord wakes me, and then once he's woken me, fills me with divine Lucas aid, right? 
so that I bounce out of bed and then nothing goes wrong, I might make it to prayer. It's utter nonsense. Of course you're not going to feel like getting up. Of course you're not going to feel like praying. Of course you're not going to feel like reading your Bible. Come on. Of course you're not. I'll see how I feel. What? Are you serious? You will see how you feel. What, and then you're going to pray after you've seen how you felt? Of course you're not. You're going to watch a film. We all know what you're going to do. You're going to see how you feel, and you're going to eat biscuits and watch a film. That's exactly what you're going to do. You know and I know, okay? Just be honest. Mary, is, Mary did what? Mary has she's chosen a good portion. Okay? She's chosen. Listen to what he says. It will not be taken away from her. So much stress, so much grasping, so much hustling, so much this, that, and the other. And it rusts, spoils, and fades. Come on, guys, wake up. If we're believers, it's what our master says. It's what he teaches. Do we believe him? How long are you going to go around in circles chasing stuff that he says, don't chase it, chase the kingdom. And everything you need will be added to you. Well, just believe him. If you're going to believe Jesus, it means making serious, concrete decisions that have no bearing in that moment on how you're feeling. It's called wisdom. Wisdom grows out of that kind of being led by emotions and says, and says I know what is right, I trust the Lord, and now I'm going to do it. That, 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 and now I'm going to do it. That's the wisdom. Before that, it's just knowledge. Okay? Then when you go, now I'm going to do it. That's wisdom. And the wisdom is the path of life. Come on. And this stuff, it's deep and it gets to the choices that we make. And, you know, trust me, the big, the big deal is not what happens in this room between 10 and 1 on a Sunday. The big deal is what happens from 1 p.m. Sunday onwards, round through to 10 a.m. the next Sunday. That's the big deal. That's the stuff. That's what these moments are about. A centered stillness. Do we believe Jesus? There can be so many things that lead us to make the wrong choices. Family tradition. I've always done it this way. With all respect, and I mean that with all respect, so what? If it's not fruitful, so what? Leave it behind. Leave it behind. If it's not fruitful, if it's not kingdom, leave it behind. Okay. You'll be trapped by it. Family expectations. You must be at this. You must be at that. You must be at this. Hold on a minute. No. can be fear of what others think. I've touched on that already. It's huge. For some people, it's not huge. For some people, it's massive. Some people, this is our idol. This is the thing we really, really worship. What do people think of me? Are people happy with me? I tell you, that will get you in big trouble. If you, if, you, if you do not learn how to walk away from that idol and live for the pleasure of the Father, you're going to get so trapped. You're, your life, it's going to be horrendous. You will find yourself caught up in all kinds of relationships that are destructive, manipulative, 
unfruitful, unlife-giving, please, you have to. There's, there's the, whenever you break these kinds of things, there's a, there's a moment of tension. You have to walk through that, then you've redrawn the line. It's not easy. Okay, did you hear what I just said? It's not, right? It's hard. It's difficult. Jesus said, the road that leads to life is narrow and it's hard. The road that leads to destruction is wide and it's easy. Okay? It's not easy. So I'm leaving this behind because it's unfruitful. And then you go, ah, and you face all your fears and you pray to the Lord and you get your brothers and sisters around you to pray to you and you walk through it and there's grace given to you, but it is a storm. And then when you get through, you think, ah, the lines have been withdrawn. Now we can obey the Lord and be fruitful. It's big. It's real. It can be for some of you that just... Serving the Lord means you can't tie up all of your loose ends. Can't get to that. Well, I'll do once I've got to that, that, that. Guys, it's never done. Have you noticed? It's literally never done. So it's a lie. So you go, I could spend time with the Lord today, but we've got this, 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 and this. If I get through this tomorrow, we are flying spiritually. We are going to the third heaven, right? Just got to get this, 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 this done. Okay? So you, total folly, not wisdom. You do that. You decide to do that. Things, other things stuck up during the day. Some of those things never get done. Next morning, new things come through. So you go, oh gosh, okay. Do you know what? We're just going to nail this, right? And then tomorrow, we're going to have a three-day whammy with the Lord. It's going to be like a, a party, a lock-in with the Lord. <laughs> Five hours. So, right? And same thing happens. What are you doing? You've been an absolute wombat. That's what you're doing. That's not how it goes. It's never done. So, so if, you can't, if you can't say to yourself, it's done, then it's never done because it's never done. So you have to say, it's done now, see you tomorrow. It's never done. So you have to learn to live with loose ends. And, and think, that's just, you have to roll, find the presence of the Lord with loose ends. Big deal. Overdeveloped sense of responsibility. It's not one I chatted about earlier. Something I personally have found to be a huge hindrance in my life. It's basically, like, you don't want to say like this, but it's basically, you know, at its heart, you're basically saying, like, without me, things are going to crumble. And you wouldn't say that because it sounds really proud. So you put other words around it, you know, like, well, you know, I just want to serve the Lord, you know. But, and there is some of that in there, you'll be glad to hear. But, you know, there's other stuff as well. It's like, well, if I'm not there, you know, um, could struggle. And... Uh, <laughs> So, you know, or I, or just, I just, you know, it's just, you just get driven by loyalty. Some of you are so loyal, but it, it moves into something else. It moves, there's it a line where you get a good quality. And this is the problem with it. All these qualities are good. So without discernment and wisdom, you, there's no seeing when it goes from being good to being unfruitful. It's crazy. It's crazy. You need discernment, wisdom, scripture, Holy Spirit, peace of God. What's going on here? Others speaking into our lives. Just normal church life. I didn't just go through anything outrageous there. That's just normal church life. Through running partners, gospel communities, good friends, spending time with the Lord. There's a wisdom and then the courage needed. I'll unpack that a bit more this afternoon. But the courage needed to then do what you are seeing needs doing. So I'm going to just end with a, a, a little promise from Psalm 16 about this and then then we can just have a bit of response time to the Lord. Uh, so just um, so Jesus says to Martha, she's chosen the good portion, Mary, and it won't be taken away from her. Let me just say this. If you don't know the Lord, choose the good portion today. <laughs> choose Jesus. He's a wonderful master. 
And every one of us has a master, whether it's our own appetites or someone else or another philosophy. So it's not about not having, everyone has a master. The issue is, will you have the good one? <laughs> will you have the one who is actually Lord and loves you and will lead you with gentleness? Come on, be wise. He's showing you how much he's loved you by dying on a cross for you so that your sins can be forgiven freely. I mean, hold on a minute. Who else has done that for you? You can know before the Father absolute clear conscience because the Son has taken your debt into himself on the cross. He's risen from the dead. He's alive and he wants to come and live in you by his spirit. Come on. And I tell you what, he won't put you under oppression. He won't make you do stuff you can't do and make you pushed and pulled around the kitchen. He says, just listen to me. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you. So you can develop in me a centered stillness out of which to live. Teach you wisdom. Oh man, it's an amazing offer. Don't turn that down. If you've never personally come to Jesus, it's not enough that your folks were Christians. Is that decision each of us needs to make at some point where we say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Be my Lord. Do that. Psalm 16 says this, verse 5. The Lord is my chosen, chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. Listen, this is huge. So much of this is rooted in covetousness as well. This stress. You just want more and more and more. Listen. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. He knows what you need. He knows what you need. Come on. Some of you here have achieved a lot. Some of you here, you've, you've done a lot. Commendable. Make sure it's coming from a spirit of faith and rest. Not a root of unbelief. I've got to do it because if I don't, no one else will. That's, a, that's an orphan spirit. But trust in the Lord. Doing it his way. Walking through the doors when he opens them. His timing. He holds my lot. You hold my lot. And I tell you, when you trust the Lord in that sense, I, I can guarantee you now, the lines will fall for you in pleasant places. I'm not saying life's always going to be easy. I'm not saying things won't happen you don't understand. I'm not saying you're going to have an easy life. What I'm saying is there will be such sweetness in your soul. Such sweetness as you treasure his presence. It will overpower bitterness. It will overpower anxiety. It will overpower that restless unbelief. There'll be sweetness in your soul. And you'll have a beautiful inheritance. Why? Because he himself is your inheritance. And he has things stored up for us that the Bible says is being kept for us in heaven, protected, guarded. Nothing, not, no rust, no spoil, no fade. Okay? Protected in heaven for us, the Bible says. I'm going to end with these few verses from Psalm 16 of what it's like to be with the Lord, to live with the Lord. I bless the Lord. I'm just carrying on reading Psalm 16. Who gives me counsel. There you go. He'll show you which way to go. In the night also my heart instructs me. You'll find yourself lying on your bed. And just the Lord will just show you stuff. You think, oh, okay. Thank you, Lord. I've set the Lord always before me, not my iPhone. Set the Lord. More on that this afternoon. I've set the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. I shall not be shaken need to hear that some of you okay because he's at your right hand you will not be shaken okay it's the word of god 
It's not vague ideas, not nice ideas. It's the word of God. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your holy, holy one see corruption. That's a prophetic promise about Jesus Christ's resurrection. But in him, that's for us as well. Even our bodies will be raised brand new after death and won't be corrupted. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. Someone say fullness of joy. Do you believe it? That's the question. Everyone's looking for happiness. There's the promise. Do you believe it? There it is. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Lord, you are a magnificent leader. And we gladly bow the knee. It's an honor to bow the knee. It's a pleasure not to have to fight against you. We thank you, Lord, that in you we are surrounded, but we've never been so free. And I pray for us as a church. I pray for wisdom. I pray for penetration of your truth that will mean that we act on what we know to be right without years and even decades of putting it off. I pray for courage for us as a church in the name of Jesus to face down the fear, to face down the doubt, to face down the unbelief, to face up to the things that drive us in your presence, with your help, supported by your body, getting through one degree of glory to another, that we would grow as a people. We would grow in stature. We would grow in you. And we would find increasingly, Lord, that centered stillness, that peace and joy that flow from that, and fruitful activity, that we would come into our inheritance of that more and more, I pray, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Spirit, you're at work among us. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to sing together. I'm going to sing the Lord's My Shepherd, Psalm 23. Please stand. And uh, this is what it all comes down to. Do we trust him? Do we trust he's got us? He's leading us. He's taking us somewhere. Do we trust he's mindful of us? Do we trust he knows best? It's all about, this is where it all gets to. Let's meditate on it. Let's make decisions as... Tom helps to lead us through in terms of bread and wine. Let's be mindful of the things the Holy Spirit is impressing on our hearts so we can take steps, make ground, be accountable. If there's stuff that some of you know you need to nail it, there's action to be taken, then do that before God and let a trusted brother or sister know so that we're, we, are not, we are not finding ourselves in that situation of just kind of um, being in a holding bay. You know, there is action and power from the Lord whenever we make decisions for his glory. Amen.